0: Can we welcome Abby up onto the stage, please? Come forward, Abby. She's going to bring our word for us this morning. Can we say a prayer for you, Abby? Heavenly Father, we thank you for Abby. Thank you for the words you've given her today. Open our hearts to receive and our ears to hear. In your name, amen. 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 Good morning. Well, last week, Mark preached for 43 minutes. That's my target to beat today. (laughs) I'm joking. We've got a party to get to and cakes to eat. Um, The last time I was up here, I preached on submission, slaves submit to your masters, and wives submit to your husbands. So you'd think that today they'd go a bit easier on me. Um, That is not the case. Uh, Today's a real doozy as well. (laughs) So if we can have the words up on the screen, please. We are going to dive into this passage together. It's taken from Matthew 10, verse 24 to 39. It says, A student is not above above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants to be like their masters. If the head of the house is be called Beelzebul, how much more than members of his household? So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak of in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell are not two sparrows sold to a penny yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care and even the very hairs of your head are numbered so don't be afraid you are worth more than many sparrows whoever acknowledges me before others i will also acknowledge before my father in heaven but whoever disowns me before others i will disown before my father in heaven Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Ooh. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> so do not suppose I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Now I would love to to focus in purely today on verses 29 to 31 which talk about how valuable you are and how much God loves you and how he loves you more than the sparrows. Um, But the last time I was up here preaching on submission, I said we can't just ignore the bits of the Bible that we find particularly challenging. So I made my own bed there and now I must lie in it. Last week Mark spoke about the sending out of the disciples when Jesus said the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. He had pity on all those who are in need. And so he sent out the 12 to minister to them for healing, for, for preaching, to love on these people. And the first half of Matthew 10 is giving them practical instructions ahead of their mission. He, we're told who's going out, what they should pack with them, where they should go. And he even says to them, don't worry about what you're going to say because in the moment, the spirit will give you the right things to say. He settles them down. He calms them. But the second half, The bit that we're looking at today, the bit that I just read out. It's a continuation of Jesus preparing his disciples to go out in this mission. But it's less of the practical instructions and the logistics, but it's more, this is what to expect. And sometimes when we're given advice, it can make us feel more relaxed. But if I'm being honest, if I was one of the disciples and Jesus said this to me, I'm not sure that it would put my mind at ease. I spent a lot of time in Romania on mission there, and in my first year before I went out, they sent me a pack that looked a little bit like the first half, and they said, here's who's coming, here's what to bring with you, here's where we'll be going, and here's what we'll be up to. And as a 19-year-old who had never really been abroad before, especially not moving to another country for two months, that was really great. It really helped to like, settle my nerves and to calm me down. Now if they'd continued the way that Jesus does here, I might have had second thoughts about going. If they'd have said, don't worry about the people that can kill your body, just you worry about your soul. There will be conflict, so be prepared to fight for this. And you better be ready to lay down your life in all earthly conflicts, otherwise you're not worthy of coming. I'm not sure how I would have reacted to that. And perhaps the most shocking bit that Jesus says in this passage is verse 34 to 36. When he says, do not suppose I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace. I have come to turn a man against his father a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law when jesus says that he's come to turn the family members against each other he always talks to turn the younger against the older the new ways against the old ways and it's intentional that he says it this way round he is talking about the new covenant against the old covenant now put your hand up if you have ever received very well-meaning, but ultimately very outdated advice from somebody older than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I put a bit of a shout out on Instagram this week and I asked for suggestions um, of an outdated advice people have been given. Um, lots have been told, just get a degree. It doesn't matter what, but you'll never get anywhere in life if you don't get a degree, so just go to university. On the topic of getting a job, many were told, just turn up there and ask and they'll hire you. Um, My friend's driving instructor used to tell her, kick the accelerator as if you're kicking your boyfriend. (laughs) And and Jamie in the courtyard earlier said, any time anyone tries to give him directions, and all he's thinking is, I'm just going to use Google Maps. (laughs) A few years ago, when I was talking to somebody about how difficult it is to buy a house these these days, she was an older and and wealthier woman. And she said to me, well, if you want to save up to buy a house, what you should do is buy a house now but somewhere like up north really cheap and then just wait for it to like go up in value and sell it and then buy another house that's a bit more expensive and then wait for it to go up in value a bit and then sell it just keep doing that that's what me and my husband did in the 80s and that's how we bought our house in london uh they actually have three houses in london now at the time i was a church intern earning 16000 pound a year and living in a six bed house share now, i won't ask you to put your hands up but I wonder if anyone here has ever given advice to somebody younger than them and then been told that's completely outdated and won't work anymore. I wonder if I've ever done that to the kids here. We get comfortable in our own ways and we wanna believe that we're doing the right thing and we take pride in passing on our knowledge to the next generation. I bet that woman gave me that advice really thinking, this is gonna really help Abby. This is gonna be great at helping her get onto the property ladder. But in reality, things have changed a lot since the 80s, and what worked for her then is not going to work for me today. Things have changed, and we have to embrace the new ways. And we cannot let our pride for what is familiar get in the way of making room for what is true and what is right. Sometimes the new ways are embraced with open arms, but sometimes there's resistance to change. Sometimes the old ways hold on, unwilling to accept that there might be something better. I was in a three hour meeting on Wednesday uh, all about how despite the fact that we're coming up to the 30th anniversary of women being ordained in the Church of England, female clergy are still facing major barriers in their ministry purely due to their gender. Sometimes the old ways and our old ways put up a fight. Peace does not always come about peacefully. Sometimes there to be peace, there must first be conflict. This Jesus, the same one who in John 14 verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. The same Jesus who is prophesied about in Isaiah as the coming prince of peace. Here he says, do not suppose I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. Now, it's important to note that though Jesus is making a very strong point, and it's not a phrase that we should take lightly, it's also not a phrase that we should take entirely literally. Jesus never advocated for violence. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when one of his disciples um, defended Jesus with a sword and cut off somebody's ear, Jesus admonished him. And Jesus taught turn the other cheek. Jesus never advocated for violence. In Hebrews 4 verse 12, it says the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. When he says I've come to bring a sword, he is not talking about literally wielding a sword through families. But he's accepting that what I'm saying to you, this message, it is divisive and it's going to bring conflict. It's going to bring about some division. There is a new way and the old way has passed. In the time which Jesus is speaking, for hundreds of years, the people have lived under a covenant that God made with Moses. The one with 613 rules that must be followed, governing what you eat, what you wear, how you conduct your relationships. Rules that must be adhered to so they may be considered part of God's holy nation. These rules and this advice have been passed down from generation to generation. It even says in the Old Testament, you should write these, write these rules on your door frames so that you remember them all, so you can learn them all. And then Jesus comes along and he offers people a new way, a better way of living. And this is not to say that these rules were bad or that God made a mistake by putting them in the, there in the first place. But when you follow a rule book rather than a ruler, there is no room for grace. According to the rules in the story of the woman caught in adultery, Uh, She was right to be stoned. She should have been put to death. According to the rules, when the paralyzed man was healed and he walked home carrying his mat on the Sabbath, he was right to be admonished. He should have been told off. He was doing the wrong thing. And according to the rules, the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, who was healed upon touching Jesus, shouldn't have been anywhere near him. She should have been isolated from society and kept by herself. The rules served their purpose in keeping people safe for their time, but now he was offering them a new and a better way of living. Not one that relies on 600 laws and rituals that must be adhered to, but he was offering them freedom. Freedom from these bounds. He says, instead of following the rules, follow me. Do as I do, say as I say, and live as I live. Follow me. But as as is often the case, when big changes occur, and people are asked to change their ways, there was opposition. Because peace doesn't always come about peacefully. I spoke here a while ago about repentance and how uncomfortable it can be when we see somebody, somebody that we love, living a life that's causing them or other people harm. I spoke about how repentance cannot be done out of any other place than love. We want to show people kindness, but sometimes the kindest thing to do is tell them that what they are doing is wrong. Tell them what they don't want to hear. We want to show people love, but sometimes the most loving thing is telling them that what they're doing is causing harm. We want to show them a new way, but sometimes the only way to do that is to tell them they have to turn away from the old. And sometimes this is met with opposition. Jesus didn't come to watch us all quietly go about our own lives, whilst others around us, those we love, continue in ways that cause harm. He didn't come so that we could hold our tongues when we view injustice. He didn't come so we could ignore those who are being oppressed and simply frown at the oppressors. Jesus didn't come to bring peace if peace looks like us sweeping problems under the rug. Turning a blind eye and pretending that everything's okay and that nothing needs to change. Because ignorance is not bliss, even if it feels peaceful. Jesus didn't come to bring peace to the earth. He came to disrupt it. But he does give us the peace to face the chaos, knowing that he's with us and he's fighting alongside us. He came to give life and life in all of its fullness. And he came because he loves us, not just those who already follow him, but he loves all of us. He came because he wants us to be a part of that mission that preaches that message to them. And if we want to join in with this mission, then this is him preparing us. This is him saying, you get to be a part of this, but I want you to go into this with your eyes open, fully prepared. And so if you heard these verses today and you thought, that is scary stuff, it's okay to admit if you don't feel comfortable with it. Imagine being in the shoe of the disciples, ready to go out. You have seen Jesus perform all these miracles and you've seen him preach all these amazing loving things and doing all this amazing work. And then Jesus says, now it's your turn. You get to go do it as well. And I'm going to give you the power to do these things. And they're so ready. They're so pumped up. And then he says these things and he's like, you're going to destroy families. And there are going to be people that are going to want to kill you. And there are going to be people that are going to push against you and aren't going to like you because of this. How would you respond to that? Because if you hear it and you think, I'm not sure that I want to go on this mission. Or I'm not sure that I am actually ready for this. That's okay. He wasn't trying to scare them. He, was trying to, he wasn't trying to test them to see how dedicated they truly were to him. He told them all these things and he tells us all of these things because he truly loves us. He truly cares about our well-being, and he wants us to be fully prepared And fully knowing what it is that we're going into. Jesus talks so often to the disciples about how they should expect to be persecuted. Not because he's trying to scare them. But because he wants them to really know what they're signing up for. It would have been irresponsible for him to send them out otherwise. There is a cost in following Jesus. He's never hidden that from them or lied about it. And he will never hide it from you or lie to you. I wonder if I can invite the band up again. So we've been thinking over the last few weeks about what it is that our calling here on earth is and what God might be calling us as a church but also us as individuals into. And so we're going to go back into our musical worship now. So I wonder if you're able, if you'd like to please stand. And I'm going to pray over us as we go into worship. If you're comfortable, if you'd like to close your eyes and hold your hands out. If you are contemplating today what your calling might be, and whether Jesus has a mission for you, and reading these verses has scared you, My encouragement today is not to run away out of fear and not to run into anything either, thinking that you need to prove yourself, but instead, pause. Lean further into Jesus. He says, Do not be afraid because I am here with you, I am speaking to you. He says, Do not be afraid because I know you intimately. I know every hair on your head and you are valuable to me. He says, the road ahead looks scary and there are dangers coming, but this is me preparing you for that journey. This journey where together we will bring about a new way. This journey where together we will cause disruption and wipe away the false comforts of artificial peace. In a world that is turning a blind eye to pain and oppression and injustice. Life and love in its fullness for all. I am not pushing you out the door. The choice is yours. If you are not ready, please don't run away. Let me help you get there. I am whispering in your ear right now. Open your heart and let me prepare you.